And I'm Rico. And this is ATC Presents Daebak K-Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. I've been watching dramas for like a decade, and Rico is pretty new to drama. This is our eighth episode. That is correct. Yes, so, so this is your eighth, eighth drama. drama. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How you been, Rico? I've been pretty well. Uh, just uh, we are working our way through. We are on a pretty high intensity pace when it comes to uh, watching these. So yes, the uh, first half of this uh, season one has been really easy going as far as the pace, and then the latter half has been really. Really fast. Yes, it has. We've been going we hard. We have been watching a lot of them back <laughs> to back to back. But yes. <laughs> here we are. We are here. Uh, we are going to talk about a new one that I, That's well, right. at least new to me. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about what's wrong with Secretary Kim. But before we do, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many more. If you like us, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars go such a long way for us. And come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ATC Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan of the show, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check us out on our page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. That's right. So we're going to talk about what's wrong with Secretary Kim today. This is a show from June to July 2018 is when it's originally aired. And Rico, would you like to give us the Asian wiki synopsis? Yes, I would. All right. Uh, so Lee Young Jun's family runs a large company and he works as the vice president of the company. He is smart. Rich and handsome, but he is arrogant. That is a <laughs> that is <laughs> not quite enough to say. Uh, his secretary is Kim Misu. Uh, she has worked for him for years. Uh, I I think it's like nine years or something. Yeah. And she is perfect for him, but Kim Misu decides to quit her job. Yes, that is basically episode that one is episode of the show. One. Exactly. Yes, it is 16 episodes long, and it is directed by Yu Jong-soon. He directed Descendants of the Sun, and it was co-directed by Park Jun-hwa, who directed Because This Is My First Life, Bring It On Ghost, Let's Eat, Let's Eat 2. Those are great shows, guys. Definitely check those out. It was written by Jung Kyung-yoon and Jung Eun Young. Um, Jung Kyung Yoon wrote the novel that this is based on, and then Jung Eun Young is the screenwriter. She wrote The Third Charm from 2018. So let's talk about who stars in this. This stars the incomparable Park So Joon as VP Lee Young Joon. He has been in a plethora of movies and TV, including Ita One Class from 2020, Fight for My Way, which I it comes highly recommended from yours truly. Huarang, which is a saga. <laughs> she was pretty and a witch's love. And I guess most importantly, IMDb says he's currently filming The Marvels, which is slated for a November 2022 release. I think you can talk more about what this is, Rico. Yes. So The Marvels is going to be the sequel to Captain Marvel, uh, which is a movie that came out in 2019. Uh, so the Marvels is going to have several characters in it, 
But there is speculation about what role he's going to play in the movie. A lot of people are speculating, at least, that he'll be playing Amadeus Cho, a.k.a. Braun. Now, you don't know this, but (laughs) this is (laughs) basically another type of Hulk character. Oh. But he is smart while he is the Hulk. Oh, so he has full control. Full control. So, so there, there is speculation. So, especially now with, um, we have the Hulk obviously in the MCU. We are going to have She Hulk having her own show. Uh, Tatiana Maslany has been hired as She Hulk, and now possibly Braun. You're filling out the the Hulk family of characters because almost every like movie and every series has a family of characters, so they're kind of filling them out. So mm-hmm. if it's true that he's playing Amadeus show, that's a big deal. That's a really big yes. deal. It's a huge deal that he's even cast in a Marvel movie. I think that the internet was just running wild. <laughs> like uh because Park So June is like a huge name in K Entertainment. Just huge. I consider him like kind of like the Brad Pitt of like K T V. Okay. Yeah. I love Park So Jun. I just love him. His co-star is Park Min Young as Secretary Kim, Kim Mi-soo. She has been in basically every drama under the sun. Um, she's been in The Weather is Fine, Her Private Life, Queen for Seven Days, Healer with our star from the K2, Ji Chang-wook. She's been in City Hunter with Boys Over Flowers star Lee Min-ho. <laughs> we know these guys. And she's also the star of Sun Kyung Kwan Scandal from 2010. And that features our boy Song Joon Ki from Descendants of the Sun as well. So I think she's well known for basically kissing every amazing, good-looking actor in like. <laughs> That's one way Korea. of saying it. That yeah, is one way of saying That's it. That's how I know her is basically like, oh yeah, she's kissed everybody. <laughs> um, there's a couple side characters of note. Lee Tae Hwan plays the older brother, Lee Sung Yun. And he was the bodyguard in W Two Worlds Apart, mm. if you recall. And okay. then there's also Kang Ki Young as BFF President Park Yo Shik. He is in I'm Not a Robot While You Were Sleeping, Queen for Seven Days as well. So he co-starred with Park Min Young. He's in Weightlifting Fairy Kim Bok Joo, an excellent, excellent show. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. And then he was also the fellow the fellow doctor in W Two Worlds Apart. Small world. It's a small small world. world. It's getting smaller for you, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have to I have to give a shout out to Chan Song. He is the workaholic Gokui Nam. He's from 2 (laughs) p.m. Um I'm not sure what that is. 2 p.m. I told you on the K2 about Taekyon and He's basically making a comeback with 2 p.m. Gotcha. Like as we speak, like it's already happened already. And Chan Sung is in 2 p.m. with him. So Got it. The most recent thing I saw Ta- uh, Chan, Young in, Chan Sung in was So I Married an Anti-Fan, which is amazing as well. That's a very recent show from 2021. But Chan Sung is in What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. Okay. Housekeeping is out of the way. Tell me, what did you think of What's Wrong with Secretary Kim? So What's Wrong with Secretary Kim? It's firmly a romance rom-com. It is. It is. Um, I think that this 
the show is reminiscent of some of the rom-coms where the guy starts off as a jerk and then tries to win his way into the woman's heart. Um, now, when it comes to their love story, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm ha- Maybe it's me that's having a hard time. Maybe. I think I'm the one that's having a hard time. But for me, um, his character yeah. didn't feel all that convincing that he had won her over. Mm. Because you know the whole premise is that she wants to get married. She that's why she's leaving. She needs to be able to date. She needs to be able to you know. And yeah. but he is so like, I want her to be with me in my life. At the beginning, before we find out that you know they had actually known each other since they were child. <laughs> I, I, oh my god, that entire subplot is just we'll talk, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Don't worry. So wild. But at the end, you know, look, I don't think I'm spoiling much by saying, you know, they end up together. Mm-hmm. But is it a satisfying romance? I don't think it is. It's not quite as. I think it's mostly because I really like her character. I really like um, uh, Kim Misu. Yeah. I think she's great. I think that she is. Like a character that has her head on her shoulders. She knows what she wants. She is decisive. And then you have like this other character that feels like just like a almost like a petulant child in a way. Because they feel he feels as though I deserve for people mm-hmm. to be with me, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't think the show goes enough out of its way to make him redeemable. Where he's not so much a jerk anymore. Like it doesn't dial it all the way. You know, I still feel by the end of it, it's like, eh, he's a bit of a jerk. I don't know if they should have like fully ended up together, you know, type of uh-huh. thing. Yeah. So so that's where I stand with like the main story, because that is the main story. It's it's a love story. I kind of feel like these two characters, although, you know, good characters on their own, like they're two very good characters. I just do not feel like they mash up that well because they did not fully get the male character to be convincing enough that he deserves to be with her. Okay. Is that is are those your like final initial thoughts? I think those are my <laughs> final initial thoughts on 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 okay, so, so you far. didn't buy into the romance because the character Nothing. was so unlikable. Yes. Okay. So I was really um, looking forward to this drama, guys. I love Park Park So Jun. Like I said, this came highly recommended from every corner of the internet, and I basically did not watch What's Wrong with Secretary Kim when it was airing on purpose because I was like. I'm saving it for a rainy day. <laughs> like uh, I love Park So Jun so much. And I kind of just like, even though some things I don't really like from him, but I like him as a, as an actor, um, that I was just like, Oh, I'll just save what's wrong with secretary Kim because it seemed so popular that I was like, Oh, I just, it's on a pedestal for me. And I can understand why it's popular. Like these are oh, two yeah, yeah, yeah. super well-known act. Uh, of course, I'm assuming this because I, yes, they are. Yeah. 
Uh, they're, and they're very beautiful. famous, and they're beautiful people. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. you want them to be together. You know, uh-huh. um, I kind of well, this no, this is a bad comparison, so I'm not going to make it. But having just two people, just because they look good, the story has to work supremely well in order yeah. for it to be fully convincing. Mm-hmm. So that that was my biggest problem. Okay. So what I'm going to say is I essentially agree with you. Okay. This show was, I feel like, a bit of a letdown from where I had it. It was on mm. a pedestal for me. I had high expectations for it. I love Pak So Jun. And honestly, the first episode was pretty intriguing to me. I was like, oh, she's like the pepper pots to his Iron Man. And yeah. the whole premise of her quitting, but she's like the perfect assistant or um, secretary reminded me of Two Weeks Notice. That movie with yeah. um, Sandy, uh, Sandy and, uh, Hugh Grant, Hugh, Hugh Grant, where you know the departure of this almighty woman prompts him to look at why he's so distraught with her quitting, and they end up falling in love. And yes. the it's basically the same exact thing for what's wrong with Secretary Kim. She quits in episode one, and he's like, "The hell is going on? Why is she quitting? I need her to stay. She's perfect, and all this stuff." And he has to examine his own feelings and heart on the matter. But I don't feel that they crafted a great love story. Exactly. Period. <laughs> you and I are on the same page there. Yeah. Um, she has a great reason for quitting. So I really admired her quitting after nine years of this really awful job where she's on call like 24-7. He's very demanding. She has to put on a brave face and smile through all of his bullshit and narcissism. And I just felt like I wanted her to get that, like, freedom. Yes. She wants to find herself. She wants to start over now that her family and the finances are stable. Her identity for the past decade has been Secretary Kim to the point where she writes that down as her name and calls herself Secretary Kim versus her own name, Kimisu. Yeah, that's so insane. I was fully on board with her and him falling in love outside of the context of her being Secretary Kim. Yes. But that's not what the show does. The show is like, oh, she has a month to train up her new, um, her replacement, and they're going to fall in love inside a month. It- <laughs> Not to mention the childhood trauma that they experienced together that is thrown oh in for God. good measure. If this wasn't a K-drama, I mean, you wouldn't have this in here at all. You know, a decade alongside someone would be enough to make you think, maybe I have feelings for this person. But there was a whole reason behind him even hiring her in the first place. And it, like, it's because why? of this trauma. We'll talk about it in spoilers, but that was very annoying to me. I know that some people feel really positive toward childhood romances developing as finishing or whatever as adults. And I have a huge issue with that, especially with something as deeply traumatizing as what they went through. For that to be the foundation of their like love was unnerving to me yeah i didn't, I I didn't buy that was at all. not a fan because that kind of leans into making that really leans into making 
anyone it, who's okay. had a bad experience, exactly. traumatic experience with somebody as a child is suddenly fated to be with them. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's the okay larger for that to be thesis the of that device that they use in K-drama is just so problematic to me. I didn't like the phobias that they had as, as a result of the trauma. Felt very hammy and just unbelievable to me. Yes, I agree. Like they have to have some sort of imperfection. So we'll give them a phobia, each of them a different phobia, and it'll be so overt that they can't even function when this thing comes near them. It's just I, annoying. I think it's annoying. We may have to jump into spoilers so we can <laughs> like like dig into like some of the things. The last thing I'll say before jumping into spoilers is that the overall plot of the show is just them falling in love and That's dealing it. with the trauma, which gets resolved fairly quickly. And it didn't seem like it went anywhere. 16 episodes is too long. Nobody for really changed. Eight. There was no. no growth for the characters. The office politics and the office staff, them having their own um, airtime and side plots and subplots was Nails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> I know personally, I don't like office um, slice of life type shows, like specifically with an office uh, within the workplace. Right. It just doesn't work for me. But gotcha. to have that be the B plot for the main couple and almost like a point of like, we have to keep it a secret from all of these people. It was. ugh. I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't stand anything having to do with yeah. all of these other people. So a lot of it the felt times, so minor to me. It did. Well, almost all of it feels minor because mm. there's no like okay, so like when I watch a TV show, right? I don't watch a lot of TV shows, but the ones that I do usually either focus on some major plot development, like a big one, right? Yeah. Something that pushes the story forward. So, like, an example would be something like Breaking Bad. Like, there's an initial... <laughs> hold on. You're going to compare what's wrong with no, Secretary no, 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 Kim no. to one of I the know, best that's, Western that's, TV shows of all I time. know. That's very mean. But I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is, okay, something a little more lighthearted, I guess, would be something like The Good Place. Okay. Right? There is a plot device that is pushing the story forward. So mm -hmm. those are the shows that I, w I would initially be interested in watching to begin with if I'm watching TV. So something like this would not in a normal setting would not hold my attention for more than a couple of episodes just because of the fact that there's no major plot device. It, it, mm -hmm. You know, it's not a genre show, you know, it is just a rom-com, which I love as a movie, but 16 episodes feels too long for just that to hold your attention yes i would agree and then the filler was awful like yeah. i was saying before exactly so right. so that's our overall feelings on <laughs> what's wrong with secretary kim and i do want to apologize because i know that people really love what's wrong with secretary kim love putting together montages and uh super cuts of the the best moments of the show and really appreciate how the show has a lot of skinship, a lot of kissing, um, all that stuff is, I think what draws people in is that they're like, oh my God, they're like having full on kisses and 
um, he's all over her and he really wants her. And like, that's all fine. I had no problem with that. But the actual mechanics and the chemistry outside of that is wasn't selling it. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Mm-mm. I'm glad that we're on the same page, actually. Yeah, uh, we have. I was kind of afraid that you'd we... be like, it was OK. And then I'd be like, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think for the most part, you and I have been kind of opposite on most of our opinions yeah. on the different shows. So the fact that we're on the same on this one is interesting. Uh, I honestly would have thought that you would have liked this more than I did. Well, that's what I thought too going into it is ah, that I was going to really enjoy this and that you were probably going to think, ew. But I'm surprised that we're on the same page about it and that we're we're not quite with the the rest of the, the majority. General consensus. Yeah, no. The general consensus is this is a great show and Park So Jun is amazing and nothing against Park So Jun. No, he's still amazing. He's still amazing. And so is Park Min Young to a certain extent, although she kind of annoys me generally. But I think that there's other better romances that he's been in, like Fight for My Way. If you want to watch Park So Jun in a good, freaking amazing romance, Friends to Lovers, Fight for My Way, just watch that one. And this problematic secretary, Kim, just leave it at the door. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, What would you give this out of five soju bottles? Uh, so I think this one, this one's going to be kind of low. <laughs> I'm leaning at a two. Okay, I'm leaning at a two and a half. Okay, so. I will go ahead and give it a two and a half and just lean into my savageness on it. Mm-hmm. If you caught me on a better day, maybe three out of five. Yeah. But I feel like that's an insult to the shows that I've given three out of five so far in our season one. Exactly. I didn't I want didn't to go like that I didn't like it high. as much as the other three out of five shows. Like, exactly. Like, I think I gave three out of five to W and I like W way more than what's wrong with Secretary Kim. So in all fairness, I'm going to go with a two and a half. Yeah. Uh, so like, for example, I think I gave Signal, I think, the highest score. It's still yeah. not to spoil my rankings, but like top five, this one does not enter out of the eight shows that I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, like Signal, I gave a four. Like that's been yeah. the, the best one that I've seen so far. So I didn't want this to approach anywhere near it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why I gave it a two. And I think I think that's just about it from my side. Anything else from you? No, let's go talk about spoilers right after this. Hey, you want to come in? Okay, so we're going to talk spoilers for What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. If you have watched the show... Thank you for joining us on this side of spoilers. And if you haven't and still want to listen, okay, Psycho, here we go. Let's talk about the problematic issue of having your boss try and woo and fall in love with you and get you to be with him. I found that dynamic, the power dynamic, extremely problematic. It's it's a bad power dynamic because, okay, I know that we have moved away from that dynamic in a lot of our um i guess in our normal lives in just Mm. everyday lives uh, we've moved past that in terms of being in love with your boss or the boss being in love with uh you know uh what is the word a subordinate Uh uh-huh yes so yeah so we've moved past that i get it it does 
make intriguing plot in some cases, sometimes. But I think now we've just arrived to a point that it's no longer acceptable to have someone in your working condition, not only like liking the person, but trying to force them to fall in love with you. Mm. Because that's a lot of what, um, what's his name? Uh, Lee Young June. Yeah. Hold on. Can I can I ask for a clarification here? Oh, what's up? When I see Lee, is it Lee or is it E? Okay. It, am I so, mispronouncing something? I mean, essentially, yes. I am. I believe that when the L comes at the beginning of a name or a word, it's silent. Oh, okay. That's why, because I've noticed you saying it, but I, I wasn't sure if I was doing, I guess I, I was saying something wrong, obviously. I literally just pick it up from so many years of watching K dramas that I just start pronouncing things like they pronounce it and don't really worry too much about what letters we're seeing on our Romanized end of it. Fair enough. But this one is a rule that I pretty much keep. Other ones I butcher and like I'm sorry <laughs> I don't speak Korean. But for the names, like Young Jun is for sure like E instead of Lee. Got it. No problem. All right. So, Same thing with Lee Min Ho. I've said Lee Min Ho as Lee Min Ho for right, so long that I don't do it. Lee Min Ho. <laughs> it's Lee Min Ho. Mino. Almost like one word. Oh, yeah, almost like one. Yeah. Got but it. I say Lee Min Ho because <laughs> right, he was because, the, basically you know, the first name that American. I memorized. <laughs> yeah, we're American. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. So back to what I was saying about yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee Young Jun is that he is trying to force his way into this woman's heart pretty mm -hmm. much and basically trying not to let her leave you know she yes. has a choice to she makes a choice i don't want to work for you because it's taken away from my ability to find love to find someone find myself <laughs> and this guy is like well, if you want to find someone, I'll be that person. You know, like he's like trying to like, you know, force his way into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm not that big of a fan of that. Like, I, I like it when it naturally happens when two people, right. you know, because in a lot of these rom-coms where there's that dichotomy of, you know, like, oh, that's my secretary. I can't fall in love with them. But then they fall in love or whatever. Mm -hmm. Usually there's like a moment where they they see eye to eye and then they naturally mm -hmm. fall in love. Yeah. But this feels like so much of I'm going to force my way into it. Like, for example, in the third episode where mm -hmm. he basically rents an amusement park. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> the blockbuster and, effect. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, what he calls it. And he basically gets super jealous when she goes on a blind date yes and it is and also when um i guess there's like a field day or something and like there's like the popular guy <laughs> yes chansung <laughs> yeah and so like and the fact that he's like super jealous like he is never up to this point at least mm -hmm. has never shown a romantic mm -hmm. interest towards her it's always been business as usual Yes. But now is when we're getting like, oh, I want to be with you, you know, yes. but it's more like I can't really do anything myself. I need you in my life. The jealousy trope Ugh. is Ugh. the worst trope. I, I, hate I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. 
It's sometimes very few times it works. But for me now in this stage of my K drama watching, I can't stand it. I think it's too possessive. It's too problematic. It's too toxic. And for her to not be able to go on a blind date when there are no commitments, there's no love words been had, no relationship between them romantically. And he's showing up like to the time and place and is like, secretary Kim, like calling her out, making her feel uncomfortable and basically stalking her. Not okay. Not okay. I don't think that's a great romance to start off with. with no, his, it's not. Him being so possessive of her. Yeah, that's what it is. It feels possessive. Exactly. Ugh. I hate I, it. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. And honestly, that's a lot of their relationship is him basically putting her on a leash. I don't like it. <laughs> there was like a it. lot of <laughs> skinship in the in the play as well, like a lot of stumbling, falling on top of each other. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff like that. And it was overdone. Like if you do it once, fine. Twice, three times, four times, you've overdone it. You've yeah. used the same gag too many times to get them to just touch each other. And pretty much. I was like, oh no, I feel nothing. There was no chemistry that's enough for me to like want to be rooting for them as a couple. Exactly. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think we've kind of, at least kind of, at least for now, kind of beat the, we don't like the, that subplot of the, or not subplot, but we don't like the way that the romance came about. Let's talk about the phobia and the trauma of them as oh, children. So, so he gets, kidnapped by a deranged woman who aborted her own child and has basically gone crazy and the little girl Kimisu sees the woman walking outside of her house thinks it's her mom and also gets kidnapped as kind of like oh I've run into you well why don't you just come with me and we'll find your mom together And it's a classic, like, don't talk to strangers. She should have just gone back in the house. I don't know what they're teaching these little Korean kids over there, but she literally got swiped and she didn't know she got swiped. They end up together in this dilapidated building that's like set for demolition. And the woman ends up, what, committing suicide in there? Yes. And then the kid. Instead of killing her. Because Instead that was of like killing the, the children, plan. her whole thing was, I don't want to die alone. So I'm going to kill two innocent children that I just found on the street so that they can go with me into death. And Lee Young Jun has to like cut them out of their binds and like get out of there. He drops her off at her house and then goes to the police station. It was too fantastical, uh. you know? Too, too much K drama. <laughs> I could not believe I was watching this when when this happened. Mm-hmm. So when this moment happens and like they start showing these flashbacks of them as a, as children, yeah, and I'm like, okay, so say that they've known each other for years. Right. No, I didn't like that. Then number two, wait, hold on. We're getting into some really dark territory here. 
for no reason. This is a yes. nice rom-com. And you're out here, oh, like they were kidnapped and they were about to be killed by a woman. But instead, that woman commits suicide. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That was a little too much for me. It was, a it was too, too much. much. They didn't need it at all. No, they didn't. No, I guess they, they were like, we need a reason for him to choose her as his secretary, despite her having zero experience and does not having the qualifications. He's like, oh, it's this girl from this childhood trauma. I'm going to hire her as my, my secretary. It's too stupid. They could have definitely written around it. The show could have been 10 episodes. I would have felt so much better about it without all of that childhood trauma. Then the parents freaking let the older child believe that he was the one that was kidnapped. Oh, what was that? Holy shit. So the older brother has some sort of mental breakdown and takes takes his story I don't even know what to like call he, it. He I don't takes, even know what psychology term that is. I don't, but I don't know. But like he, he, he takes over his story. This transference happens and the brothers are at odds for the rest of their life. And uh, Young Jun decides, I'll just let him have it. He can take my story, take my trauma as his own, and I'll just forget about it. I'll just pretend I have amnesia or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there's this whole family drama about this trauma. And the kidnapping case where the brothers have switched stories. Uh, Lee Young-jun changes his name because the names are so similar. They named the children too similarly. Yeah. And so they were getting confused. It was it was stupid. It was. It was stupid in the I, context yeah. of like this romance. And I don't know. It was. It was awful. Terrible. It was terrible. Do you have any other thoughts about that? No, because I, I hated it. My next complaint is that Kim Misu spends the better part of her life trying to find the kid that she was kidnapped with, trying to find Lee Young Jun in this obsessive, you know, way throughout her Why? whole life. For no if you were in this situation as a child, as essentially a toddler, would Pretty you much. spend your life trying to find the kid that you were kidnapped with? That no. was in the same room with you. No. No. Because that's already a traumatic experience enough. I don't need to rehash it. And that's what he said. He was like, I tried to thwart all your best efforts to find me because I just thought it was too much. It's too much trauma. Why rehash this old wound? Uh, real quick, the brother. Yeah. Uh, being a like a a secretly a writer under the name Morpheus. I just found a hilarious. Nicholas Sparks type <laughs> writer. Cause he's writing found romances. It so funny that his name was Morpheus. Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, then they have the phobia. So he has the touch phobia. Yeah. He won't let other women touch him except won't for Pak Min Su. Of course. And he tells his friend at the beginning of the show, I just hate women. Which, in what world is it okay to have your hero, your like male lead, say, I just hate women? No. You can't do that. No. You want <laughs> you us just, to root you for him, You want us right? to like so, him. He needs to be likable. And he's over here like dodging ladies left and right. 
because of this trauma. <laughs> Terrible. And then the zip ties was his uh, secondary phobia as well. <laughs> zip ties. I can't. Uh, I know. It's a lot. It's a I lot. I can't man. with that. I can't. Then she has the phobias of the spiders. Yeah. Because he told her that the crazy kidnapper hanging in the next room is a huge spider. And that just kickstarted a lifetime right, of a lifetime of irrational spider phobia. Right. Uh, <laughs> and you're gonna tell me that the little girl Pak Min Su never woke up throughout all that screaming and crying between Young Jun and the lady? Well, of like they course. had a full on like, no, you can't die. Let us go. You're crazy. Blah blah blah. All this stuff, and then the lady hangs herself. Pak Min Su, ne- oh sorry, Kim Kimi Su never wakes up. No, that's insane. 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 Like bullshit. Bullshit. So, I hated the episode that ended with him pushing her away on the wheel on the rolling chair. <laughs> <laughs> so he says this swoonworthy line he goes i want to sway you secretary kim meaning i want to you know sway your feelings right toward me and they go in for a kiss and he pushes her away and it was played for laughs but it all tracked back to the freaking trauma which is again it's dumb. just so bad. It's so dumb. And then the like episode it. was like, <laughs> are they making a joke out of the trauma? I can't decide if they are or not. So, oh, man. It's bad. Man, the more I talk about it, the the worse the show gets in my eyes. Yeah. Oh, man. I disliked how Secretary Kim was always responding with, they? And she was always like, what? <laughs> As if everything he possibly said to her was so unbelievable. Like she had to process every little thing and then confirm what it was. Because that was basically a moment of like, did I stutter? No, you sh- you heard what I said. Oh my Respond God. accordingly. It was so dumb. It, is. it felt like she couldn't, like she didn't have a genuine emotion to it. Like she was just always surprised. Yeah. Always taken aback. I don't know why. I don't get that. Is it me or is it a lot of characters feel like they over-exaggerate a specific characteristic in a lot of Mm. these K-dramas? Like there's one characteristic that each character like they just go over the top with. And Mm. with her, it's just like the, like always surprised. Like, Uh like, wait, what? Like, so... I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just this one or maybe it's a couple of them that I just notice it on. But I don't know, man. Do you think children are out here going like, I want to marry you at five years old? No. God damn. No. That was really just Bro. shoehorned in there. Yeah, it was. The whole like, well, you asked me to marry you. You wanted to be with me first. And I mean, in what world? OK, so here's my question for the writing of the show mm-hmm. you obviously want these two characters to get together right mm-hmm. but what makes you think it's a good idea to throw in a, a subplot that they've already known each other for years 
because they both had this same traumatic experience. So like what this makes so you think it's a good idea? This is so common in K-drama. It's Ooh, so common in K-drama. That's I think not the what worst one, <laughs> the worst one that I ever saw was this show called um I Miss You, mm-hmm. I believe, or Missing You. And there was a love triangle between these three characters. It was a girl and two guys. And the traumatic experience that they had as children was they they got uh, kidnapped or taken. And in this scenario, she gets raped. But the kid that she ends up falling in love with later, that they're ma- meant to be together, he basically does nothing to stop the rape. And so they built a whole thing around this traumatic experience. And it, to be fair, it was a melodrama, not a rom-com. It was pure melodrama, very heavy, very dark. And they have to like navigate this really awful traumatic experience where like she got raped and he basically left her to get raped. Oh, oh no. Like he ended up escaping and left. I don't know. It's bad, right? Like looking back on it, I'm like, that was heavy as shit. And what business do they have writing a love story like this? There, no business. No business. No business. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like so that. that's the worst one I've. Ever, I mean, to to answer when your question, like it's not good. Sometimes it's better than the worst ones. You know. Ugh, no, it's bad. No thank you. <laughs> the product placement will go through it really fast. Domino's. Domino's pizza gets delivered. And uh, (laughs) they order Domino's. And then Maserati sponsored all the cars. Oh, my God. Did you like how her replacement was also called Secretary Kim? It reminded Uh, me of like Tammy 1, Tammy 2. Tammy 1 and Tammy 2 from Parks and Rec. Like the Tammys from Parks and Rec. Oh, my God. (laughs) It it was a funny funny bit to have her also be Secretary Kim. Um, Mm. Although I, I do find a little humor in her not being as competent. You know, uh-huh. you know, like she was overdoing it. And then, you know, she tries to force him, herself on him. Right. Th- that doesn't help. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but at, at the end of the day, though, I, I again, it's it's a side plot that doesn't really matter, doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, so it's fine. At one point, he says, I can be a selfish boss, but I can't be a selfish boyfriend. And he tries to like offset their power dynamics by him like getting his own tea and making his own copies of the machine. Right. And people are like going wild in the office. They're like, what's wrong with Secretary Kim? Where is she? Why is he making his own copies and getting his own tea biscuits? And she feels hella uncomfortable about him doing all this and being like a little more independent, being, (laughs) I don't know, less of a child. And... (laughs) He goes, I didn't want you doing such little chores. And then she felt like he was belittling her own job and the tasks that she's been doing for nine years. And please back off. This is my job to get you tea and coffee and make your copies and all this stuff. Menial jobs. Right. I didn't like that at all. That like he was actually like putting in a little bit of effort and trying to make her job a little easier. 
and she took it as offense. I don't know why, but I don't know. Again, there's a lot of weird choices that are made Mm -hmm. that I'm not sure why they make them, but Mm. you know, they it's it's all in the writing to try Mm -hmm. to make they're they're trying to make the characters more sympathetic. Like the you know, they're trying to make him more sympathetic mm-hmm. and it doesn't quite work out. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just I have to say as a positive, I love the trope of a couple running together in the rain and the guy using his jacket as an umbrella. <laughs> as a, the umbrella. <laughs> oh my god. It, it's that's my trope. bag. That is that not is, a bad trope. <laughs> that is my bag. I saw it recently actually, and so I married the anti fan. And it's just a quality trope for me. It's super Sunni. So he did that. And I was like, oh, points given, points given to Park Sojun. Um, <laughs> he says, be prepared because I won't be adjusting my running speed anymore. Because he was like all about having sex. And she was like, whoa, slow down, homie. And <laughs> whoa, slow down, said, homie. He says this right after he pulls her into his lap and says she's awoken the desires that have lain dormant. <laughs> like That's it just kind of gets it just kind of gets hot and heavy for them and people are eating it up and like it's fine but not not great not amazing not like i'm gonna watch this show again <laughs> right no no exactly mm-hmm. uh so is there other plot points i think we covered the majority of the plot points, right? Well, I guess since we're on the topic of hot and heavy, we have to talk about they had sex. They did. Major. Yeah. Major, That's major, a huge major. Deal. Yes. Yes. Because we I've Am I wrong in saying we haven't seen that? No. We haven't, right? This is my no. eighth K drama. And a lot yeah. of them have like, you know some sort of love line. But this is the first one where they get together together. I uh listened to a podcast recently and I I think it was the Afternoon of Delight podcast. So they were talking. <laughs> what a perfect name. I know. So they were talking about crash landing on you. And they were like, you can't be serious in making me think that the crash landing on you couple were together alone in her apartment and never had sex. Slept in separate rooms. No. Completely platonic. No, no. And that sort of thing is like common in K dramas. This is like Star Crest lovers don't have sex. <laughs> sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they do have sex. I think she says, um, I'm not going home tonight. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> he goes, um, if you go inside, like it's green light go, essentially. Like, we're gonna we're gonna have sex if you go inside. And she tentatively walks inside. <laughs> And I was like, I was almost like, wow, thank God, a sex scene that that was actually super tasteful in the execution. It reminded me a little bit of like The Notebook a bit. Yeah. For some uh, reason, like them, he like tossed her against the wall. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like The Notebook sex scene. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But she still just looks so scared shitless. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? I know what like, you mean. Because I get that it's her first time, but it's also Poxo June. So get your head in the game. Like, that's what I get thought. Your, get your head in the game. Get your head in the game. We watch like this is everyone's dream. <laughs> get your head in the game. Biatch. Get your head in the game. So that is hilarious. 
Yeah, it was good, but bad at the same time. I you know? I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to episode 10 because we get a flashback of Misu as a child with her parents. Okay. The parents are Jung So Min and Iminki from Because This Is My First Life. That is the main couple from another show from another that show. one of the directors okay. directed. Oh. So it's like a big cameo. These are big stars that are in as the Miso's parents ah, when they're okay. young, you know? Gotcha. So, so I it was lost on enjoyed me, that. Enjoyed that immensely to see them. I was like, oh my God. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. What's a great like couple? And then they get cameoed in another movie done by the same director. By the same uh, I guess the best example well, I don't have an example, but like let's say Leo and Kate Winslet were directed by James Cameron in a different movie and they show up as a couple in yeah. that movie. Yeah. That's, a, that's I mean, essentially it. That's what happened here. So I really enjoyed that cameo. In episode 11, we finally see what their relationship was like throughout the nine years of her working with him. And I was very much waiting for that. How did they get to this place? I... That's when you see him being secretly sweet to her, hiring her with no experience, coaching her through Japanese and Chinese language lessons. Yeah, because she calls her sister crying. Like he does all this and it like softens him. And you know, he's postponing meetings so she can get some rest. That's a good thing. I do like that they at least try to show that he's making an effort. He's right. Throughout the nine years, it wasn't just like a cold boss. Yeah. But it just feels he had feelings for her the whole time. But being um, you know, good to her in these small ways throughout the nine years was I think it did more for their romance than anything that was happening in present day. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you like the mop fight in the bathroom? No. <laughs> no. So they start talking shit about Secretary Kim and her underlings, her fellow like secretaries in the executive office, there's like a full on cat fight, like literal gnashing of teeth in the bathroom. <laughs> I, I really like that scene. Oh it was God. stupid, but I mean, I liked it. It was funny. <laughs> there you go. Here's where the show kind of went downhill for me, like full on. Like I was like, oh, I don't like this show. And it oh, was okay. when she decides to stay in the position as, as Secretary Kim because she knows she's perfect at her job, knows him better than anyone else, has worked with him more than anybody else, loves the satisfaction of solving problems. And I hated it. I hated that she's stuck with the job. Just as he was in the process of letting her go as Secretary Kim because he loves her and he wants her to like get a life outside of the office, outside of him in a professional sense. And she ends up staying. Thank God that you and I are on the same page there because that <sighs> is such a terrible thing to do to your protagonist. Mm-hmm. Like it, she should not be staying in the job yeah, just because... She's in love. No, like she can be happy outside of that. She could be happy with him outside of that job. Mm -hmm. She does not to be need to be in that position Mm -hmm. 
to make this relationship work. Because if that's the case, then this relationship's not going to work. I hated it. So I was like, ugh, the power dynamics never go away. It's awful. It's terrible. Really quick. The older brother falls in love with Secretary Kim rather fast because he thinks they went through this traumatic experience together as children. Even though it wasn't really him, but okay. Dumb. But he gets, they get, the whole family gets set straight by the end of the show. And in this like family meeting that he has, he says it's only right that she's his. And I thought that was really weird because I don't like the concept of, well, he has dibs on her. Which is what you were saying earlier about, oh, he deserves her. Yeah, that's a terrible way of going about it. He should he should be with her because of that shared experience. I don't think people who share trauma are fated to fall in love. Like, that's just K-drama land. And this is so, like, in the context of this show and this plot, like, it was bad. Yeah, it, it is bad. I think that for the I most... I don't like the ownership aspect of what he said. It's only right that she's his. No. No, that is not a good precedent to set, especially in a relationship basically of any kind Mm -hmm. where you feel like you own the person. That's a terrible way of starting the relationship, continuing the relationship. So, yeah, overall, it's just a bad way of letting this romance. And I'm putting that in Mm -hmm. quotation marks because (laughs) if. If that is how you're going to start a relationship with someone, feeling like you you own them pretty much, mm-hmm. that is not a good relationship. So mm-hmm. I've yeah. paid my dues so they should be with me. Ugh. Like, no, Awful. that's not how it works. That's Sounds- actually toxic masculinity. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We haven't said that on a podcast. I'm surprised we have, if we've gone this long. <sighs> yeah, I hated it. I hated it. I wanted to cut it out right out. Um, there was an entire episode dedicated to the problem of him proposing to her. Oh, yeah. Like he how many times did he propose to her? He kept asking her like from episode like what? One, two. He was like, let's get married. And she's like, no, no, no. And then it started getting more serious. She took it more seriously as time went on. And then finally, everyone's like, when are you going to get married? And pressuring him about how he should propose because it should be super grand. Like being who he is, it should be this massive thing. Right. And it was dumb. Yeah, it is like to me, the I guess it's like personal preference, like the best proposals are the ones that don't have so much fluff. Okay, I would say that is a matter of depending on what is the context. I I should say in the context of like these shows. Yes. Like in K drama, like. If someone's like, I don't know, jumping out of an airplane and like putting up a sign and like, will you marry me? I'm like, no, like I don't like I those know. kind of like, you, you know what like I'm those. saying? And that's fair. If you don't like them, you don't like so them. So for him fair. to just be like, oh, my God, what should I do? And like, it's really irking him how he should propose to her when like the best proposal is just like the ones he was doing earlier when it was like very clear that they had the best chemistry in that moment. Right. Those are the best ones. So I just hated it. And then he actually did the love actually sign. Cheesy. Then he played, he sang and played the piano. Yeah. Not my vibe. I don't know, man. Like, Well, I think that that was a matter of preference because I think a lot of people 
would probably view that as, oh, that's sweet. I, I'm not one of those. But I think there's a lot of people that would <laughs> sit there and say, oh, that's sweet. So I'm not going to give it. them too much crap I didn't about like that. the singing, the piano playing. Of course, the character was eating it up. She loved it when he sang her a lullaby earlier. Yeah. But, oh, no. 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 <laughs> no, no, baby, no. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Do you care at all about his best friend, the president, getting back together with his ex-wife? That was a subplot. So I kind of forgot that subplot. So I think that tells you enough. <laughs> yeah, his uh, hack of a secretary. That. His hack of a secretary sends the ex-wife chocolate by mistake. We get a repeat of the same gag as before where the VP, Young Jun walks in on them making out mid foreplay. And then she also has a blouse with like a bow on it. <laughs> and they're copying that like almost sex scene that happened between Secretary Kim and Young Jun. Yeah. Where he like unties the bow on the front of her blouse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that moment, it was okay. But like the rest of that with the president, you know, dumb, hated it. Pakyoshik was the character's name. Nope. Yep. I you missed me with that. It did nothing for me because I forgot it. <laughs> she missed the wedding dress fitting and they had a fight. And then she went back after hours to get the dress put on her hair done. Veil <laughs> and everything. Veil and everything. Then came all the way to his house for this grand reveal. Yeah. So much went into this. Like she had to fold herself into a vehicle fix her dress and all the the train everything by herself before making this grand entrance into the living room and i just like was like no like it doesn't work like that <laughs> it doesn't work like that in the same night <laughs> no oh man uh yeah th i don't know what else to say about the show just because <laughs> like there's a lot of it that I just felt like either it's okay, but mm -hmm. it's nothing to write home about, or it's just not good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think you know where I stand now. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel overall about Park So Jun? Like, I think I feel he's like a you good got... actor. I'm not yeah. going to take away too much because although the character is a little lacking, I yeah. still think that... He he's just is, unlikable. He's just unlikable, but he is still a good character. So I can't take that away from him at all. Mm. I'm not going to take that away from him because I think he is good at what he's doing. He's being an arrogant jerk and, you know, and he has to change, you know, whether it's written well, that's something different. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I, I think that it was a pretty good performance by him. I think so, too. I, again, feel extremely bad in saying that, like, this show was awful. <laughs> I feel bad because I should like it. Like, I love the actor. I love romance dramas. And I'm over here like, no, get skadaskadeen. Get this shit off my, my screen. screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's always funny to me. Yeah, this is... Uh, Oof, yeah. Wish we didn't watch this one. I really wish we watched a better Paxil June show for you to like get a better introduction mm. to him. 
But again, I'm being really tough and like I don't want to watch all the shows for season one. Like have already watched everything and then rewatch it for the podcast. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to add before we do you want to update us on your top five, actually? Um, my top five, I think is it's been the same, still the since, same. Okay. never mind. It hasn't changed. So yeah. it's still uh signal at number one. And then I believe I had the, I need to track this better. I need to write this down like <laughs> concrete so I can make sure that I know it. But I believe I had, uh, the K2 at number two. It was K2 two. at number two. And, and then, then you had like Descendants or W. Oh, it three was. Three and four. I had Descendants at number three, W at number four. Uh-huh. And then number five, I had kicked out, you know, Boys Over Flowers <laughs> Boys because, over. you know, we've done more than five shows. Uh, I went ahead and I put. Oh, man. Now I'm forgetting. The, was it um, Crash Landing? Was that at number five? I think it might be. Unless you want to put hospital playlist. No, it wasn't hospital playlist. So <laughs> it was crash landing on you. I put at number five. Okay. So that means. And that's been your favorite romance so far. Yeah. Right? Which doesn't say a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't yeah, think so Yuna singing Amazing six. Grace is like no, the foundation no, that for that a does, great romance in K2. No, it's not. So that So like this one, I would put just slightly above boys over flowers oh my god that bad number seven i've only watched eight so it needs a place so this is oh number my seven god we have to do a season two so and that then, i can get this bad show out of your head and then number six would be a hospital playlist yeah so yeah. there there it is ian malcolm there it is there it is <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I'm, okay. I'm good on my end. Okay. Again, if you want to talk to us about our really minority views here on what's wrong with Secretary Kim, you can find us on the socials, Instagram and Facebook at ATC Debak Pod. Oh, and Twitter. Same handle. And then also give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's going to go such a long way for other people to listen to our really crazy ramblings on these shows. And uh, yeah, if you've done all that, then the next step is to become a patron. You can find us on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Alwayscriticpod is our main uh, podcast venture, and that's where we review movies. Um, so you can check that out too if you like movies. We review the latest ones on Always the Critic Pod. I think that's all there is, Rico. Yeah. That's been our show. (laughs) I'm Jessica. And I'm Rico. And this has been the ATC Presents Daybok K Rambles Podcast.
사람 끝에 